Did you take him down yet? No. We're at Fifth Tower, but still waiting on the warrant. Mind if I join in on the fun? You know how his lawyers are. This one needs to go by the book. Come on, Yuri. I've been waiting eight years for this. You really want to help? Head to Times Square. Sounds like his guys are trying to keep my backup from reaching the scene. You got it. Almost there. Welcome to this Comics on Consoles backup feature. I'm your host, Chris Clow, and in this backup feature, listen into the official Comics on Consoles review of Marvel's Spider-Man, released in 2018 for the PlayStation 4, and stay tuned for a look back at the game with myself and the man, the myth, the legend, my comic binge podcast co-host and creator, Mr. Paul Herman. The P-Thug has finally arrived on Comics on Consoles. First, though, here is our review of Marvel's Spider-Man. For most of the past decade, the vast majority of video games released that feature comic book characters have been divided into two very disparate categories, the Batman Arkham games and pretty much everything else. It's easy to see why, when Arkham Asylum broke the mold surrounding what gamers and superhero fans found they could actually expect from comics-based video games in 2009, it represented a forward leap for games featuring the characters we love unlike anything else that had come before. The intervening years between 2009 and 2018 have brought a lot of titles that have attempted to imitate what the Arkham games accomplished, but they've all managed to fall short in at least one area. But truthfully, they tend to often fall short in many others. Something else missing from those previous games was also a unique sense of identity something that would allow them to push the envelope in terms of how the game feels when you have a controller in your hand, but also one that justifies its own existence by presenting a world, a story, and characters that you become easily invested in that feel truthful to both the heroes and comics that they're charged with representing. This is where Marvel's Spider-Man, developed by Insomniac Games and published by Sony Interactive Entertainment exclusively for the PlayStation 4, comes into play. While it's easily apparent to see how much the game's overall format owes to the innovations first made by Rocksteady Studios, that's really where the similarities to previous games begin and end. Spider-Man isn't trying to be a Marvel version of a DC game. It wants to be a full-on Spider-Man game and a legitimately pure Marvel experience. And on virtually every front, it succeeds brilliantly. Design and Story Design-wise, Spider-Man is a bit of an interesting animal when you take a look at both A, the PlayStation 4's catalog of recent exclusive titles, and B, previous titles developed by Insomniac Games. Recent exclusive titles to the platform like Uncharted 4 Thief's End, Horizon Zero Dawn, and God of War have all set major, demonstrable benchmarks in the graphical fidelity that titles can achieve in this console generation. 
Still, previous Insomniac titles like 2016's Ratchet and Clank and 2014's Xbox One exclusive Sunset Overdrive show the studio's generally stylized philosophy in the art direction of their projects, to say nothing of their legacy titles going back to 1998's original Spyro the Dragon. A common denominator that also tends to punctuate their releases past and present is that often missing ingredient from modern superhero games, a unique identity. Spider-Man represents an intriguing combination of the studio's artistic sensibilities with a more generally photorealistic style, making for a game that is very evocative of the source material's roots, while also giving a layer of realism that makes swinging through the streets of New York very exhilarating. Continuing the high-fidelity trend of titles like God of War, humans are rendered with near-uncanny realism, while Spidey himself, along with the villainous contingent of New York, are all clearly interpreted as descending from their four-color counterparts in comics. Playing on a PS4 Pro system makes the art assets pop with true vibrancy, afforded by near-4K resolution and high dynamic range color, for added dimension. Spider-Man may not be quite as much of a looker as God of War, but it's certainly not far off, and makes up any menial shortcomings by evoking stories we love from other mediums. Story-wise, the game tells an original tale in its own universe, which has a series of benefits for players that come to this from either prior games, prior comics, or Spidey's appearances on film or television. Taking place in its own universe means that it can take from the source material as much as it needs to in order to feel familiar, but it also has plenty of room with which to play around with the narrative and its world, which has the potential to keep things very surprising for even the most die-hard Marvel or Spider-Man fan. The other added benefit is that unlike Arkham Asylum, it looks like this game has the intention of kicking off a more dedicated, sustained, shared world that encompasses other games and characters from across the Marvel Universe, and this version of Spider-Man is making his comic book debut in a crossover series called Spider-Geddon. Corporate synergy? Sure. Great potential for future stories in this world? Absolutely. When the game begins, the story makes a few key things clear from the get-go. Peter has been Spider-Man for a long time, eight years to be exact. Now at the ripe old age of 23, Peter moved on from snapping photos for the Daily Bugle some time ago, and now devotes his professional pursuits to science, something he's always had an aptitude for. At the beginning of the game, Spidey assists the NYPD in bringing down Wilson Fisk, aka the Kingpin of Crime, toppling a criminal empire that has stood for decades, but which also had the hidden benefit of bringing order to some of the more chaotic elements of criminality in New York. The capture of the Kingpin emboldens some smaller criminals to step out of line, which makes Spidey busy on the streets, but the efforts of the city's mayor, Norman Osborne, seem to be showing progress toward creating a more generally stable New York. Meanwhile, Peter works for a small scientific company called Octavius Industries, headed by renowned cyberneticist Dr. Otto Octavius. Their research consists of trying to create better, more responsive prosthetic limbs for amputees or disabled people, and Peter is thrilled to have a boss he truly believes in, unlike one who screams to the heavens about how Spider-Man is a menace, while then profiting off of great pictures of him surreptitiously snapped by the focus of his verbose ire himself. Aunt May is working for a philanthropist named Martin Lee, who's in charge of Project Feast, a major humanitarian effort in the city working to try and alleviate the burden on the city's homeless and disadvantaged populations. 
What Peter and May don't know, though, is that Lee is holding a darkness at bay, which he slowly plans on unleashing to take revenge on Mayor Osborne for an unspecified reason in the plot's early going. Lee's machinations will lead to a far different fight for Spider-Man, though, as Lee's Mr. Negative is only the first domino that could bring untold death and destruction on New York from a very sinister direction. Stop that right now! This is highly sensitive equipment. That's it. I'm calling the mayor's office directly. Peter Parker, how the hell are you? Speak of the devil. Mr. Osborne. Oh, please. How long have we known each other? It's Mr. Mayor. <laughs> it's Norman. Norman! Norman, what do you think you're doing? The grant agreement you signed has strict safety provisions. This isn't your first violation. <sighs> Those were excused. By me. We should have confiscated this equipment long ago. But... but I've had a breakthrough. This isn't about safety infractions, is it? I'm trying to help you, Otto. You're free to continue your work in a secure environment at Oscorp. You always were the smartest guy in the room. You haven't changed a bit. Neither of you. Hey, Peter. Harry will be coming back from Europe early next year. Maybe the two of you can start that business you always talked about. This is opportunity knocking. <laughs> the thing that was continuously refreshing about the story while playing it is just how surprising it managed to be. It's a testament to Insomniac's desire to be truthful to the source material, in that they offer some familiar storytelling beats while then swerving into a direction that would be generally unpredictable for the uninitiated Spider-Man fan, and downright shocking for even the most devoted regular reader of the Webhead's adventures. When you add some other major recent characters into the mix, along with new takes on some classic Spider-Man villains and supporting players, you have a story that feels worthy of a new unique, and purely Spider-Man experience, while also completely justifying elements of storytelling that can only come across in an interactive medium. Marvel's Spider-Man succeeds in being a game that is both a uniquely Spider-Man type of experience and a complete justification as to why this legitimate Spidey story is told via the medium of video games. Gameplay Compared with a lot of other open-world games available today, Marvel's Spider-Man might seem to lack an overall amount of content. Whether you want to look at titles like Grand Theft Auto V, The Witcher 3, Assassin's Creed Origins, or even the promise of Red Dead Redemption 2, a gamer might think that the New York of this game compares unfavorably to those sprawling worlds of fantasy yesterday or today. If you write off the Marvel New York built by Insomniac based on that alone, though, you would be missing the point, that being the very clear depth on display here. In addition to being one of the most aesthetically truthful representations of Manhattan ever produced in any game released thus far, the sheer attention to detail and manner by which you explore everything it has to offer is virtually unparalleled. 
Spider-Man doesn't lend itself to 40 hours of grinding for a single skill, sure, but the roughly 20 hours of playtime it gives you to complete most of what it has to offer will be rewarding by virtue of being A, one of the absolutely best superhero simulators someone could ask for, and B, terrific representations of the characters, locales, and set pieces on display that you find over the course of its story. While the game doesn't have a real-time day or night cycle, one would also be completely unnecessary. Spider-Man is very clearly designed to take place over a mere couple of days, and a real-time change in day or night conditions would likely impede the way Insomniac and additional story writers Christos Gage and Dan Slott intended to tell its tale. The depth of the open world and the way in which it illustrates the amount of time that passes is perfect for this kind of experience, and the complaint brought about by some observers for the game's lack of real-time daylight changes seems to completely miss the point of that fact. Thank you, thank you. There will be no encore, as all the kidnappers are unconscious. Playing as Spider-Man himself is incredibly freeing, largely because of the core element that Insomniac chose to emphasize. Momentum building it and maintaining it as the centerpiece of almost every element of the experience, whether you're swinging through the concrete jungle of the city or taking on small armies of henchmen in a head-on fight or stealthily from the shadows. Unlike prior Spider-Man games, swinging around and straight into a building doesn't stop you in your tracks. Instead, you begin to quickly and deftly scale the building or swing around it entirely by maintaining your hold on the R2 trigger on your DualShock 4 controller. Adding to the sense of continued speed and momentum is the skill tree, where you upgrade your combat and traversal abilities, along with separate upgrade trees for various gadgets you can acquire over the course of the story. My personal favorite is likely the impact webbing, which you can fire at an enemy to then launch them into a nearby wall, immediately incapacitating them and sticking them to that surface. It is great for stealth missions, where keeping a low profile is key. Snipers everywhere. I need to deal with them first. That sniper has a lot of junk scattered around here. A well-placed web shot could make a great distraction. Let's play the quiet game. In addition to the story-based missions that range from simple combat encounters to jaw-dropping massive set pieces, the city is also littered with several bases with differing enemy types that you can choose to either sneak into or bull rush with all the subtlety of a Mack truck. Also peppered around the city are specific time-based skill challenges revolving around combat, stealth, and two kinds of traversal challenges, which may lean a little too much on speed over general skill. Still, they allow you to hone your abilities in an effective way by thinking up new possibilities for shaving a few precious seconds off your completion time. The gadgets you use also add to the variety with which you can choose to take groups of enemies down, and while that concept isn't new in superhero games, this is the first time that it feels so closely and correctly evocative of Marvel's friendly neighborhood... Well, you know. You're Spider-Man. You're the amazing Spider-Man. You're the spectacular Spider-Man. And a few other choice adjectives Jameson uses. Look, that was really brave. But next time, leave the fighting to the pros, okay? Uh, okay, but what if there aren't any around? Well, you can't just go swinging at someone twice your size. I mean, don't get me wrong. I fight guys stronger than me all the time. But when I do it, I have... Oh, like that time you fought right on the Brooklyn Bridge? That was so awesome. Perfect example. If the other guy is bigger, you gotta be quicker. 
Okay. Another unique facet of Spider-Man that offers something unlike other superhero games is a couple of specific instances which call on you to play as non-powered supporting characters. This is how you primarily meet the game's reimagined vision of Peter's greatest love, Mary Jane Watson. In a deft creative stroke, the game remolds her as an up-and-coming investigative reporter working under editor Robbie Robertson at the Daily Bugle, which, frankly, gives her far more of a purpose than many of the pursuits she's had over the years in comics and on film. Being in such close proximity to Spider-Man over the years has given her a sense of duty to help make the city a better place, and it presents a very welcome change to her character. Also a playable character at points is young Miles Morales, who will, hopefully play a very important part of New York's future, as well as Peter's, if the comics are any indication. All in all, Spider-Man provides the best opportunity yet to strap Spidey's web shooters to your wrists and tells a compelling story in a vibrant vision of New York City. It allows you to stretch your abilities to the limit in giving you a choice on how to deal with specific encounters and situations, and feels like a game that's both uniquely evocative and worthy of the icon it's charged with representing. The design of all of the gameplay elements reinforce this very effectively, and even if some of the time challenges may be a little baffling at first, you'll likely power through it by taking a look at your skill tree and upgrading your abilities and gadgets where necessary. And of course, this is before even mentioning something that comics fans will just eat up completely. The game doesn't restrict you to one costume, instead recreating several iconic suits from across Spidey's history and multimedia to play through everything the game has to offer and your choice even shows up in the real-time cutscenes. That makes for a big ol' thumbs up from this comic book fan. Overall. A lot of superhero video game fans were unsure of what the landscape of the genre might be going forward after Rock City Studios delivered their final Batman game in 2015. However, if Marvel's Spider-Man is any indication, those previous games may end up proving to be the catalyst that finally delivers on a reformed genre from a capable studio going forward. Still, Spider-Man isn't a great game just because we can track its lineage back to something else. It's a great game because it delivers an experience that is fully evocative of the world it wants to represent, using a series of tools that helps to deliver a story, a tone, and a series of tasks that help to complement our existing perceptions built by comics, by television, by movies, a whole lot more. Marvel's Spider-Man is a great game because it delivers on the fantastical promise of its main character, effectively putting you in the boots, or in the case of the advanced suit, the running souls, of Marvel's most iconic hero, dropping you into a world that is both recognizable and unbound by anything you've seen with him before. That gives it a familiarity that will make any Spidey fan immediately comfortable before embarking on a story that could very well pull the rug out from under you and surprise at far more turns than even the most seasoned Marvel fan might expect. Hopefully this is just the beginning of seeing a wonderfully realized world going forward because for the first time in at least 7 years, and perhaps in as much as 18 years, Marvel's Spider-Man delivers an experience on par with all of the webhead's most typical titular adjectives. Amazing, spectacular, sensational, and superior. Please, hold down R2, Insomniac. Keep the momentum going and take us along for another spin as soon as you can. No need to rush, though. Something tells me it'll be worth the wait. Score, 9 out of 10.
And now we move on to the discussion portion of this uh, backup feature, as I'm calling them. And I'm very, very pleased to welcome as the very first discussion co-host for the Comics on Consoles backup feature, a guy that I've wanted to get on this show for a yeah. long time, a long time, All right. Mr. Paul Herman. Paul, how are you doing, man? Backup feature? What the heck, man? <laughs> Am I am I just your backup feature, like your six page, uh, fill in fill in space because the the main uh, the main comic is in a is only like sixteen pages and you, you know, uh, run the <laughs> run the Peter Parker story where he gets drowned in paperwork or <clears throat> you know which is actually legit. Uh, uh, real quick story in the Amazing Spider Man uh, Spider Slayer series, um, there was. I think it's I think it's David Michelinie and uh, wait no it's not David Michelinie because he left the the book after Larson no wait no I think it is David Michelinie still I apologize okay I think it is still David Michelinie it's either it's either Michelinie or uh, JMD Mateus one of those two writers and yeah, like the four hundreds of amazing right right before four hundred so it was oh, right before it was it was during the parents being reintroduced uh, the 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 Red Skull parents thing. Mm-hmm. And that, but that was during that whole uh, thing. And uh, Alistair Smythe, that was my first inter- introduction to the character um, that's in his wheelchair, kind of like this future. He turns into a spider slayer, essentially. He's, his dad and him created, spy- you know, I'm getting way too deep with this. <laughs> anyway, the reason why I bring it up is because I remember when I was a kid, I was wondering why these, these specific comics had the, this random story for like four or five pages. And they were just random stories for, for the whole um, uh, arc of that, like six issue run or whatever of, of amazing Spider-Man. Like it was all, there were all these little short backup stories. And I was always, wait, why is this? And it's just like mm-hmm. filling space, you know, whatever. So I, I felt like, oh, so I'm just a, a, a drawer in your uh, in your thing whenever you need it. I need I need a backup store. Here, I'm gonna call Paul. Yeah. No, no, I no, know, no. I know. I'm just giving you a hard Look, time. I know. You you just told a story about how sometimes the backups can be better than the main features. I mean, well, I didn't think they were better. I did not say they were better. Sometimes they are, though. I can sometimes. I can think of a couple of instances where they are, but. But no, I mean, uh, I'm just giving you a hard look, time. I know, I know, man. I know. I wanted, I wanted to put something out, and I wanted someone reliable that I could, uh, that I could call on in a time of need. <laughs> I almost wasn't the first person. <laughs> <laughs> you were, you, hey, you were, you were intent. Look, a little peek behind the scenes. Both Paul and I have recently become fathers. Yeah. So we are, <laughs> we're tired. We are stretched to something of our limits mm-hmm. and we're learning as we go. Like, oh God, what does that noise mean? Does that mean we have to go to the pediatrician now? Uh oh, I smell something. It seems like we gotta change the diaper. We found some dark matter in there, you know. Dark <laughs> matter. Wow. We're we're running on parallel experiences here. Yeah. So the fact that even in the midst of all of this, I can call upon my friend Paul. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I was a little yeah, it was a little crazy today for me, but uh Managed to make it work, and I've been meaning to jump on and do this. Chris has been trying to get me on a show for a long time, and not just because, not in a way where I'm like, oh, "No, Chris, I cannot make on a show." It's it's more of just I'm not the biggest gamer in the world, though. Though Chris, let me tell you, okay, I'm going to hijack your show for just one second, and I feel like right, I do that hey, just because it. we're buds. Uh, so <clears throat> Chris has tried so many. He tried to me get me to play the Incredible Hulk game. He bought it for me and sent it to me, and I feel terrible. I never played it just because I just 
it's hard for me to get, you know, play games in general. Um, but this one was a little, a little harder cause it was a, I had hooked my old PS two up, but anyway, that, but Chris, God bless him. Try to get me, you know, trying to get me to play that. And I was like, ah, you know, it's hard. Try to get me on a couple other things. But then when the Spider-Man game was released that we're going to talk about, um, Chris, I, I don't have a PS4 or I didn't. And Chris basically uh, engineered uh, friends of mine all pitching in to get me a PS4 so I can play Spider-Man, which is who's my favorite character in, in superhero ever. It will always be probably my you know, I, even though like I, Marvel and Star Wars are my equal favorite things, I would say Spider-Man is my single handedly favorite fictional character ever. So um, Chris took it upon himself to, like I said, engineer uh, a lot of different friends pitching in to get me a PS4 so I could play Spider-Man. And that was probably the nicest thing someone's ever done for me. That wasn't like, you know, I wasn't directly related to by blood. You know, I mean, literally, like that's like one of the nicest things someone's ever done for me uh, that I've considered like my family and, and a friend and a very close friend. So, Chris, I, I felt there's no way I could not talk about Spider-Man without, you know, you there or if, whenever you need me for anything, much less Spider-Man review or of any kind. I needed to get on this and do that. So. I'm very looking. I'm very much looking forward to talking about the game with you. We've talked. We've already. You already know what I think about it, but we can kind of dive. We'll dive uh, deep into it. But sorry, I didn't mean to hijack your show. I just wanted to make oh, sure no. people knew that there. You know, you are quite an amazing person, and oh. beyond what people even know or realize, and and know that you deserve all the great things that happened to you. So, oh well, sure that's, you know that. that's very kind of you to say. But I mean, I was not alone in that effort. Uh, some, some very good guys helped me out and, uh, and it was not right that a Spider-Man game was going to be released and Paul Herman couldn't play it. That's how much of a fan you are of Spider-Man and I knew it and they knew it. And, uh, that's why we had to make it happen. But that's kind of, um, that's kind of where I wanted to start though, because I'm not sure and feel free to, to tell me, uh, you know, what your initial feelings were, because when the game was announced, um, you didn't seem very keen on it. And I'm not sure if you were just mm. kind of bummed because you didn't have a PS4 or because you thought it looked legitimately not that great. What was, when you first heard about this game, mm. what was that experience like for you? Well, first thing about the game was I had to be not, I couldn't get super invested into it because I didn't have a PS4 at the time. So I, I didn't, and and you know me, and, and the audience may not know that I'm not the biggest gamer in the world. I, I have an Xbox, and I I love playing Battlefront, and that's pretty much all I play. I play Star Wars games on it, and, and Chris will tell you I usually only play games that are of of things that I really like to play, like uh, or that I love, like Star Wars or a superhero game or whatever. But it's mostly been Star Wars, and I have a few other games, you know. I'll, I'll eventually get on and play alien isolation eventually. Uh, but, uh, which by the way, I need to, I need to watch AVP two again. I know it sounds ridiculous, but you I do. Need, Why? Because I, I need to watch the, I need to watch the new predator, uh, predator movie. Actually. Uh, I think I'm gonna do that this week. It, it's, it's oh, a whole the, thing. The Shane black one, right? Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, but, um, that being said, um, I'm, 
Yeah, I just not the biggest gamer. So when the, when everything started coming out, and I saw you know you and Sean from you know Sean from Marvel Studios uh, News that I, I I'm that I'm a part of, uh, you guys were raving and couldn't wait about it because you guys are both PS4 you know, yeah PS4s, and I'm like okay, well whatever you know. So I try to let you know I say yeah I would love to play it, but I'm not going to buy a PS4 to play Spider Man. I'm just not going to do mm-hmm. that. Right. And um, you guys were raving about it, and I was like, okay, whatever. But the biggest thing for me was, I, I'm sure it would have been a game I love to play, but it was the costume initially that I could not stand. That white spider was such an ugly design, um, and I just could not wrap my head around what a just weird and really terrible idea to redesign this, the costume and give it this like ugly wa- giant white spider and so it was re- so it wasn't so much as i was stoked wasn't stoked about it it was more of just like what is sony doing and and let's be real at this point was i i don't remember how i don't think marvel studios and them had 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 decided to uh team up yet i'm not sure i can't remember but Either way, like I just was like, this is Sony has not made great decisions with, with Spider-Man in general. And that was definitely a, yeah, was not, it was not good. And so, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, it was tough. It was definitely, definitely tough. Um, to like, you know, I was bummed, but the costume made me really just not, it honestly, the not liking the costume really made it to where I, I didn't really care about the game to be honest, because I felt like it was just Sony making a bad decision, but, and, and I played Arkham uh, Asylum and those kinds of games and I like them, but again, I'm, I'm, I love Batman, but I'm not like a giant Batman fan like you are. Um, but like he's not on Spider-Man level for me, obviously, but I played a little bit of Arkham Asylum and I liked it, but I never finished it. And I have them. I'll finish them eventually, but I didn't love the games as much as everyone else did playing them in retrospect, but, yeah, Spider-Man. So you, you put those things together. I don't have a PS4. I don't like the costume. And I'm not like a huge fan of those kinds of games to begin with. It's because I just don't, you know, whatever. It's just, you know, it doesn't add up for a lot of excitement, you could say. Sure. Well, just in terms of the timeline. So it looks like the game was first announced in the summer of 2016 during Sony's E3 presentation. Um, and by the time it it finally came out, it was in development for four years. So it looks like they started work on it around 2014. And I'm pretty sure that that was well before Sony and Marvel decided to, to get together to team them up for the movies. But um, one of the kind of cool things is that, you know, the homecoming costume is available in the game for you to wear. And Every apparently, <laughs> well, yeah, sure. But th- that one in particular, um, the the designers at Insomniac Games, the people that made uh, the Spider-Man game, actually apparently had access to the computer-generated model of the costume that was used oh, in the yeah. Spider-Man, which mm. is which is kind of cool. But let's so let's fast forward then a little bit. So you have a PS4 in your hands now in yeah. mid 2018. So the path is clear, and it's now clear to you that you are going to play this game. Uh, did your did did, did your feelings on it change at all now that it was something that you knew you could look forward to? I mean, well, I think the, the honestly, and forgive me, Chris, I don't remember. I think, did you get me the game? You got me the system a, a while before the game came out, right? It was like it was, July, 
July, I think. Yeah, and it came out in September, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, once you gave me the system, you know, basically, I was, yeah, I was all about it, man. Are you kidding me? That was, I was freaking stoked. Uh, yeah, like I got really excited about playing it because you always told me we we talk and you'd always say, well, Paul, you don't have to, have, you won't have to use that costume if you don't want to. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, I don't care, you know. So, uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I got really excited about playing it because I love Spider Man. I just, you know, whatever. So, yeah, my excitement definitely. I mean, I bought the game that night when you guys got it for me. I, I ordered it uh, digitally and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were I ready bought to it. play like the first second that it unlocked then. Yeah, yeah, I was ready to go. I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Which I what yeah, which looking back when the game was released, I mean, everyone on social media was talking about it. And yeah. And that was that was kind of surreal to be quite honest because I was, you know, being a part of Star Wars, you know, fandom and obviously being closely tied to that playing Battlefront, there wasn't as many people it feels like there wasn't as many people playing Battlefront in the star Wars fandom, then mm-hmm. people in that, in my, in, that I'm in, obviously I'm tied to very closely to Marvel fandom, Marvel fandom. It seemed like everyone was playing Spider-Man, everyone. Yeah. And that was kind of surreal. I'm like, man, there's so many people talking about and raving about Spider-Man. It actually was a, to be honest, it was kind of a, uh, uh, a nice uh, rejuvenating thing to see in fandom in general, because there's you know so much negativity on all in any fandom mm-hmm. um and it seemed like people were all kind of in line with loving spider-man it, it felt like everyone was kind of unified for a minute like i say everyone but a lot of people were it just, instead of complaining we're all talking about how much we love playing spider-man and that was kind of a cool thing yeah yeah i mean there were there were certainly some some picks to knit you know uh oh, especially sure among parts of the fan base, but I think you're right. Yeah. The majority of the, at least the tenor of the conversation seemed to be very positive and people seem to embrace the game quite a lot when it came out. I mean, honestly, the thing I was hoping for, because I've told you before and I've told, you know, anyone that'll listen before that the Arkham games were like such a revelatory thing for me and really kind of helped me to, become a more dedicated gamer. Like it was through the Arkham games that I discovered so much more that modern gaming has to offer. And, um, and I, I was kind of hoping that this game would be that for you, not in the sense that it would like turn you into a gamer, but just in the sense that you would find that your guy is well represented and you get to kind of experience things along with him because that's what the Arkham yeah. games did in Batman and uh, and I hope that Spider Man did that for you. But let's actually let's kind of dive into the game itself. So um, people who are listening to this have already listened to my review of it. Uh, I scored it a nine out of ten, uh, and it's still a score that I stand by almost two years later. But uh, in the review, I kind of go by different attributes of the game. So the first one that I typically touch on is design and story. So design, it seems clear where we should start with that because you already said that the costume is something that uh, that you weren't exactly crazy about when you first yeah. saw it. But I remember you telling me too, like over the course of your time playing it, when you were out running around in the city doing random stuff, you would use other costumes. But when it came to the story content, yeah. you always went back to the to the advanced suit. So <laughs> it had it had to come around on you a little bit. 
Oh yeah. Well, and, that, and to be honest, that, that was true. I, I definitely came around to the costume and I, I don't know if it just was just because I was, for whatever reason, the, I think the game just looked better when it was in the in the costume because that's what it was programmed for. So it was, I felt it was optimal with that. And to be quite honest, I just got used to it, and it just felt. I liked playing in different costumes, and I, I still did with the, with the main story over here or there. But I pretty much went with the main costume, but it just kind of grew on me. And I I don't think it. Do I think it's my favorite Spider Man? costume no but i think for this iteration of of spider-man it works it's fine and would i want him to adopt this for the 616 continuity uh spider-man no i i I do not and but reading the the reasons for why they did this and everything it made a lot more sense to me and i think that i I did appreciate the fact that they wanted to give this spider-man a real look like this they wanted to make the spider-man their spider-man like they wanted people to to be able to look at this costume and say, "Oh, that's from the game," and I think without being derivative uh, and making this a very slight alteration on the costume, and then trying to get by that way, they didn't go that route, which is a little bit, which I thought was a little bit lazy. At first, I thought it was lazy because they just threw a ugly white spider on it. <laughs> But it, I still think it's not the most pleasing uh, of aesthetics, to be honest. But that being said, I give them credit for trying something different. With tr- you know, again, because it, it wasn't just like they just threw it on there. It, it felt like very lazy. It actually felt a lot more like a lot more thought went into it. Is what I'm trying to say. And, and that's when I, I kind of accepted it a little bit more. I'm like, okay, I get it. They want. They really wanted to give this like a marketing look. You know, and it, it it wasn't just like, you know, they could have even been even more lazy. And and, and this is not to to disparage uh, Marvel Studios, but with, with the Far From Home costumes, they're, just, they're very, 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 very slight alterations on the costume. And you're, you could go that route, but I just, again, would be, it's whatever, it's pretty standard for, you know, whatever. But they really wanted to go make it Spider-Man, but also give it a slight edge to it to where it's it's their like their ownership, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. It's their Spider-Man. Yeah. And, and, and the story gave a reason for it to exist, too. It's not like they just because you start the game in his classic costume and then right. something happens and you have yeah. to you have to change your clothes, basically, or yeah. in fact, something new. Yeah. And so with all that being said, I, I thought it was actually kind of cool so there was story reasons and and again they were creatively done and Mm -hmm. i thought it was actually pretty clever um what how they did it so it's been a while so when you just mentioned that i'm like oh that's right that's because yeah okay it's it's been it's been a minute um that being said yeah i i've accepted it i don't again i don't love it but i like it so mm-hmm. Chris got me the uh, the the logo for Christmas shirt, uh, the shirt logo for Christmas, and I, I, I wear it. I, I love it because it's it's kind of like, oh hey, you play Spider Man on PS4, and, and you automatically know you're a Spider Man fan, and oh like okay, you know people, it, it kind of brings up different things, and and I also love the fact that I can, it reminds me of just kind of our our friendship and, the, and what you guys did for me, and so it's like a besides just this the game itself. 
you know, in the PS4, which is huge, obviously, but the shirt's even a more extension of that. I'd like, it reminds me of, you know, you guys are my, my homies, my family. So, uh, but yeah, but no, but seriously, I, I love and I, and I But I've, I've grown to like the logo and accept it for the story reasons. Again, not my favorite Spider-Man costume, obviously, sure. but yeah, I definitely accept it and, and, and like it now. Well, and at least it doesn't like ram it down your throat. Like you can play with other yeah. costumes if you want to, which helps. I'm sure. I mean, I probably spent the majority of the time that I played it in the homecoming costume just because I really like that one. But also the game's rendition of the classic costume is also really good. You know, mm. it's, it, it doesn't play with things too much. And, um, you know, it feels like it's just made of cloth. And that's why uh, the Kingpin basically tore it to shreds in the first encounter with him. But um, yeah, the and the designers at Insomniac did an impeccable job in crafting not only their own costume, but in recreating so many recognizable looks that Spider-Man has had over the course of his entire history. Oh yeah, uh, I mean you could I even play really, his new Bagman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah Bagman. That that is such a deep cut. I love deep cuts, and there's a oh, yeah. lot of deep cuts in in their costumes. I mean, I mean, even even though I wouldn't call Scarlet Spider a deep cut. It's still a deep cut, and oh, sure. there's obviously there's the the iron the web of Spider Man Iron Spider costume, uh, which is a deep cut. There's, I mean, they had like the the 2099 uh, costume from not just the old like the, the the classic 2099 costume, but the newer 2099 costume that they upgraded. I mean, I was, I was like, whoa, they're really getting they're going deep, man. So. There's so many, and it's a lot of fun as a, as a hardcore Spider-Man fan. You, you know, again, you you recognize all these things. And the you know the Bagman is a classic. I mean, if you if you've been a longtime Spider-Man fan, you know exactly where that's from, why it's why it exists in the first place, and it's 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 cool. It's awesome. It's a great issue too, by the way. I love that. I love yeah. that issue. Um, yeah. And that, obviously, that that story is very famous, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun, and I had a blast going through. Being uh, obviously, there's like the Sam. I mean, people were complaining about the Sam Raimi suit. I remember there was a big online like fans being like, "Give me the Sam Raimi," you know, and and yeah. they did. That was so weird, by the way. I thought yeah. it was so odd. I'm like, this is really weird to get get hung up about. Is a Sam Raimi suit getting so bent out of shape over it and they got it anyway i mean uh, rewarding bad behavior i could say a lot about that this week but i'm going to avoid oh uh, stop it no stop conversation <laughs> but Why there's I mean, come on there are other yeah. aspects of the design in this game too though that i think are are worth talking about i mean first of all new york looks phenomenal oh yeah um, i mean they did a really good job there's just a lot of depth to the city as it looks mm-hmm. in the game but of course, there's a ton of other recognizable comics characters, mostly in the form of villains. And even though you don't see him in costume and you don't even have his like recognizable comics accurate hair, some of the design choices for bringing other characters, particularly like Norman Osborn into the fold, I thought were cool. And that's actually the actor who played Norman Osborn. Uh, he's a character actor. The first thing I think I ever saw him in was Aliens uh, is one of the one of the Marines but um, which one is which yeah. one is he in which one is he? Mark Rolston is the actor's name, hmm. and he he does so he lends his um, his voice and his likeness to playing uh, Norman Osborn, 
And he played, so he was also in like Shawshank Redemption as one of the sisters. He was in Lethal Weapon 2 and he was in Aliens. His character in Aliens was Private Mark Drake. And um, I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff. Scanner Cop, RoboCop 2 as, as a cop on on, uh, on the picket line. He's been in tons of TV shows, but they just got like a really solid actor to play uh, mm-hmm. to play Norman Osborn. But also too, I mean, the, the game has its own version of the Sinister Six and uh, yeah. the designs for the Sinister Six are pretty interesting because it's almost like a combination of like a more modern aesthetic, but still with recognizable attributes to the classic characters like Scorpion comes to mind instantly, but even Electro uh, and I think Vulture was in there too. And, and Rhino's in like a giant mech suit. And then of course, Mr. Negative is a big character in this game, but in terms we're kind of dovetailing with the story, but in terms of, uh, of the sinister six and kind of creating its own version of the sinister six, what did you think of that as a comics fan? And now it's been a while since I've played it. I know it's Scorpion, Rhino, Electro, right? Am I? Am I? Or is Shock? Shock? Shocker? One of those? Shocker was in there. Shock- he's in the game, but I don't know if he's, he's in the game. The- but he wasn't one of the Sinister Six. It yeah, was, so it was uh, Electro. So Scorpion, Electro, Rhino, right? I've got three so far. Don't tell me the rest of them. Hold on, let me. Okay, all right. Vulture, Vulture was one, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's four. Okay, who are the other two? Mysterio was. I know he was. He was in there, right? Right. Was he? I don't. God, it's been a minute, man. The other two, Mister Negative, and then Doc Ock. Was that part of the six? Yeah, Doc Ock eventually became because when you when you play the level on the raft, Doc Ock is that's like right when he becomes a part of it. Um, Okay, that's okay. Yeah, that's where I was getting confused. I'm like, wait, there's. I remember. I thought Mysterio was in it, but maybe I'm getting. I'm probably getting obviously no, but that's actually, I mean, that's that kind of goes into the, to another topic of conversation anyway, though, because mm. like the the advantage of telling a story that's pretty self contained but still recognizably Spider Man is that it's unbound by expectation. You know, it's not tied to a movie, it's not tied to an animated show, and it's not even mm-hmm. tied rigidly to the comics as much as something else. Um, so all of the stuff with Otto Octavius, I tended to find really surprising, uh, especially when you find out mm-hmm. that Peter's working for him at the beginning of the game. But how did yeah. you take that? No, I, I loved the one of the things about I think that was really good about this game. I guess I'll just kind of talk about well, because I didn't really tell if I liked the game or not. So can, I, can I say that right now? I mean, sure, yeah. So I, I love the game. I thought it was great. I didn't get through all the expansion stuff. I want to, and I, you know, I think I will eventually, but right now I just, it just kind of just, once I get done with the main story, I'm, I'm, I'm usually pretty good. It, it's, it's whatever. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, I love this game. And as a hardcore Spider-Man fan, who's been reading the comics for a long time and, and knows, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I know a lot about the character. It felt the spirit of everything was, was so good of Spider-Man and, I love the the revision of the character, but it felt it embraced everything from the lore that it it felt very natural. Like him working for Doctor Octavius, obviously has has been there was kind of a precedence for it with Amazing Spider or Amazing Spider Man Two, Spider Man Two. That you know again, there's a connection between the two characters, and I always liked that aspect of that that you could go down obviously in, in the comics 
that's not really there, or at least in the 616 universe, uh, he's a lot. They just never had that relationship uh, besides him and his aunt. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> oh man, those are great issues, by the way. But no, I, I think that the, the, the game did a great job of taking the spirit of those characters and doing their own take on it and spin on it and really giving us a different aspect than we were ever expecting. And I love the idea of Dr. Octopus essentially helping him create the costume, also helping him uh, develop his Spider-Man stuff without knowing it, one. And two, having Peter kind of see the the descent of someone he respects into, and he has to, to fight that person. And I think there's, it, it's more than just like the, it is a take on a little bit on the Green Goblin aspect, because there's a little bit of that in the comics where he, where he it's someone like it's a little different obviously because it's it's harry you know in in the comics it's he doesn't have a quite as a a close relationship with with norman as the movies make it seem like or norman really really respects peter norman's just kind of a jerk in in the comics and at least in the in the original stanley steve dicko stuff but the idea of peter and not just obviously dr octopus but martin lee um -hmm. I love the idea that people are more than what pe- than than what they are because that's what Peter is, right? And so, right. and that's something that Peter has kind of that's kind of the theme of this of this game and of excuse me excuse me more like the story of the game, and I love that because that's a very Spider Man aspect, and I think those are things that you those are always themes that Spider-Man deals with, but it's all not in the sense of where these mentor figures necessarily. It's more a line of his friends or or whatever usually. And even in Spider-Man 2, when when he befriends or for a short time Dr. Octopus, it's it, it doesn't know him long enough to I think to really even to to really even feel the investment of that relationship. Where in this game you really feel it. And you feel that the tension, I think, of him longing for someone to to be a mentor and to respect like his Uncle Ben and everything and and, ha- and someone like, you know, Aunt May, it, it's hard because he doesn't have a lot of them. He doesn't have a lot of people to connect with that understands him and that can, you know, really that, uh, that he understands them and they understand him. So it seemed like Dr. Octopus was one of those people that that could. And so it was nice to see that descent of, of disappointment for Peter where it's like, man, I really looked up to doc and he was really good to me. And now I have to stop him. And it's, it's not, and again, not taken away from Spider-Man two, but it's that, but even more impactful. So mm-hmm. it, and that's what was really surprising to me. And also the buildup of Norman Osborn and the fact that like Harry is not really involved in the game, except for a couple like little things here and there, but Norman and his, and his relationship with Peter and Harry and everything that's still, that's still there. That's still yeah. kind of haunting Peter in the background, which I thought was really well done. And I love the fact that you know, again, Norman's the mayor. He's, he's got a big title and he's got a lot of power and there's, there's seen, there's things being pulled from there. So there's so many different aspects that they really got right from the comic and these, and getting the characters right. So that you can tell that they did their research and not just did the research, but really did a re- the research on the characterizations and what makes these characters tick. Not just, okay, we got to get the, these concepts right, but it's, you know, we don't have to get every little detail exactly right 
we have to get the spirit. The spirit is always the most important. And they did that. And they're, but they also were able to get a fresh perspective for a fan like me to go, Oh, this is different, but yet it's still so that character, I love it. And that's something I told you constantly. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, they clearly, you're right. They definitely did do their homework and it certainly didn't hurt that, uh, that the team of writers involved. So the creative director from Insomniac was, his name is Brian Intahar. Um, and he had a lead writer named John Paquette. And there were also two other writers, Ben Arfman and Kelsey Beecham. But they also had two additional collaborators. Apparently, Christos Gage was a co-writer on the script. And uh, there were additional story contributions provided by Dan Slott. Yeah. So, um, so there, there were a lot. While it might seem, yeah, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I mean, first of all, a video game script can be upwards of 500 pages on the low end anyway. So you're going to need people covering all of the bases. But there is clearly uh, an underlying love for Spider-Man that's just present through all of this. And that's the, certainly the thing that came through to me on the story front was uh, the fact that, like you said, it did feel so authentic. And um, and it, it's nice to see that uh, that Marvel games in particular, starting pretty much with this one now, are on their way up because they're demonstrating that truthfulness. I mean, whether or not they're going to keep that going uh, through something like the, the Avengers game we're getting later this year is anyone's guess. But Spider-Man game certainly hit it out of the park when it came to representing the guy that, it, that the game is supposed to represent. Uh, so I'm with you. I mean, I was the thing that I said in my review too is just that I was surprised at how surprised I was by this story. Yeah, like well said. Yeah, surprised me because I know Spider Man and I know the general flow of his world and what his history is, and I was still surprised. Yeah, that's a you nailed it. It's surprising how well that they come across because you're not expecting, at least for me, especially Spider Man characters. Because Batman, his rogues gallery is so is so more well known than Spider-Man's. And I, I feel that I'm not saying that people in the Arkham games didn't do their research, but they're kind of, they're such a household names that people already had their, their, their preconceived notions or their, their understanding, their, their understanding yeah, well, of the characters. Guns. There were, there were quite a few deep cuts, even in the Arkham game. No, of course. But I'm saying like, but you know what I'm saying? Like for like yeah, the yeah. main, the main Spider-Man does not have anything. Everybody knows the Penguin. Everybody knows Two Face. Yeah. Spider-Man. Not everybody knows Green Goblin or Electro or Rhino. Well, I mean, like Green Goblin, I would say is, I would say Doctor Octopus and, and Green Goblin are probably close, the closest to what Spider-Man has the household names of characters that, like normies, mainstream audience, sure. whatever. Right. No. <laughs> uh, I love the new word normies. It's so stupid, uh, <laughs> but I say it because it's so dumb. Uh, that's how I work. Uh, but that being said, Green Goblin's not the main villain of this of the series. No, it's Doctor Octopus, and that's like you don't find that out till the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they do that, it kind of it shows that there's a, there was a lot of TLC on this game because every other villain they use, or Mister Negative's a freaking deep cut. I mean. Yeah. Now, now, granted, I think that definitely comes from Gage and Slot, to be honest. Sure. But, but again, I I think that was smart move. They they were able to use a character that hey, people don't know this character, so there's going to be some allure to them a little bit to use them because there's not really 
you can't really screw up Mr. Negative because only Gage and Slot are the ones that wrote him, basically. If yeah, I'm not there's, mistaken. there's a wide canvas there in terms of adaptation. Exactly. And to be honest, it got me interested in the character. I think it's a Mr. Ne- they really made expanded on Mr. Negative as a character that I want to see come back in the comics because they did a great job of expanding his character and making him interesting. In fact, I probably liked him. Well, actually, I, I take it back. I liked Mr. Negative in the comics. I thought Slot, that was one of the Slot's better uh, newer characters and, and newer aspects he brought into Spider-Man, which again, we haven't seen Mr. Negative in the comics in pff, years. It's been a minute, man. Well, and I mean, not too many people look back fine, fondly on Brand New Day in general, but uh, that was one of the better aspects, though. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, Mr. Yeah. Negative definitely hit, hit the right balance in terms of mm-hmm. sort of what going for but also in the creation of cool new characters yeah totally Uh, well cool well let's let's move on to just the way that the game plays because um you know i know that uh sometimes especially for someone who might come from comic book fandom and dipping their toes into video games sometimes the way that a game controls can be difficult to to totally acclimate yourself to but how did this game feel for you as you were playing it my own feel. <laughs> boo, boo. Um, Just like in the controller, did you feel like you could execute the swings that you wanted to and use all of the web abilities that you wanted to to get where you needed to go? Or did you feel like it might have been more complicated than it needed to be? Or uh, just how did, how did that part of it feel for you? You know, for someone like me, Chris, that like is not, again, not the biggest gamer, not the biggest, um, you know, whatever. Um, I thought the controls were, were pretty intuitive. Um, the fight stuff took me a little time to get used to. Cause I'm just, again, I'm not, I don't play a lot of different games. Um, but yeah, it was, I felt it was pretty smooth. Uh, for the most part, um, it wasn't too hard to kind of get around what I needed to do. And I thought it was pretty, you know, pretty fluid for the most part. So, so yeah, I, I think the controls were all you know, pretty, pretty cool. Um, like I said, it definitely gave me, uh, I, I feel the game, it's kind of goes along the same lines, but the difficulty of the game, mm-hmm. um, I felt it wasn't that bad. It, 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 like, as far as I felt it was very fair if that makes any sense. Like it was all very, very smooth and I was able to get what I needed to do. And I didn't feel like I was just kind of just snoozing along to everything. It took, it definitely took some time for me to get used to um, the, the controls. And that's good because I think you need to have some kind of level, obviously of difficulty because if it's too, if it's, if it's too easy, who cares? Right. So I, I thought it was, I thought it was a good balance. What I'm trying to say, there's a good balance of, it, it wasn't just super easy for me to figure everything out because I'm not very smart. And so that was nice. And then there was some natural difficulty on the regular settings that I was able to, you know, just kind of get, get used to. So yeah, there's lots of, uh, there's lots of um, different things around there that I was able to kind of get, you know, kind of get used to and, 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 and like, I, I thought swinging through the city was just phenomenal. It was, I think everyone kind of talked about that as a, being just a, a real high point of just kind of a swinging through, just kind of fighting crime was fun. So, uh, which again, a game like this, I feel like you could just keep pumping out DLC content forever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, swinging. I mean, I still occasionally power it up just to swing around and beat up thugs, you know, because it's yeah, it's evergreen. You don't really have to stop. Uh, in the instances where you can choose to either sneak around or just to barrel in without worrying about stealth, did you? Uh, what was your choice usually? Um, like for costume? No, no, no. When you like in a if you. In a situation in the game, oh, where, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, go sneak on people or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought I'm like stealth mode, like a costume. No, no, I, I, I would do, I do, I would honestly just jump in. I'm not really a sneak kind of guy. I like to go in and just, unless it, it, I had no choice. Like there's, there's certain times you had to, you know, sneak up on people. But yeah, I'm all about just jumping in, like because. That's what Spider-Man would do. I feel like he would sneak attack on people, but Spider-Man also would just jump through the window and start quipping immediately. Sure. And that's kind of what I like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, there were also a couple of instances too in the game where you don't actually play as Peter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some times where you actually got to play as Miles Morales trying to run around the city. And there were also a couple of instances of Mary Jane. You and I talked a little bit about Mary, or as Mary Lane, as some people have called her. Very uh, lame? Lane. Like they turned oh. her into order, you know? Oh, 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 oh. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. It's very funny. Yeah, but, that's pretty fucking ridiculous. But I mean, did you feel like those moments where you played as someone who wasn't Spider-Man were helpful in sort of getting you further into the story? Or were you just kind of chomping at the bit to play Spider-Man again? As far as other characters, I, I both liked it and disliked it. I thought it was a cool thing to kind of, the kind of, what's the word? Switch it up, kind of give a different change of pace, kind of a thing. Sure. But at the same time, you know, you also just want to get back to being Spider-Man. So, but, but really, I think that it was again, it was it was short enough that it was it was short enough that I, I liked it. I to be honest, look, looking back, if I'm if I'm not. I kind of liked being almost Mary Jane more than Miles. I know that sounds weird, but well, you had like, more to do as her. Yeah, I think Miles. I, to be honest, I felt Mary Jane was a little more natural, whereas Miles was kind of shoehorned. Okay, and that again, again, it wasn't bad. I just it was whatever. It just was kind of yeah. I, I liked Mary Jane's more. I guess looking back at it, and even though I I prefer neither were in it, but. Or neither you couldn't play as just normies, uh, but uh, sorry, but uh, yeah, I don't, I necess- I don't necessarily like, um, I don't necessarily like you know, and against being Miles and, and but I prefer to be a Spider Man, sure, a, his a Spider Man character opposed to being uh, a, a normie, but. I, here's the thing. If you would let, let's say he teamed up with black cat and I could be black cat for a quick second, that'd be fun. Or I could be again, miles, or I could be the prowler or something like that. If you gave me those, those kinds of options. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be rad. But if I'm like, want to be at me and feed people or, you know, Mary Jane and like, do like, do like four investigate. I was like, no, no, I'm good. Let's well, just- you, I, I remember one of the conversations that you and I had, you didn't like that. They turned her into a reporter. Yeah, that was weird, but I just kind of, I'm like, whatever. But again, this is a different Spider-Man and Mary Jane is, it it was weird at first, but I just kind of got used to it. Sure. 
and, and there is a little bit of getting used to this game. This game is definitely trying to progress the characters a little bit differently. And let's be real. Uh, Mary Jane has been, is, is kind of a, just a, she, her character in the 616 universe is very much of, and not exactly a, uh, didn't, wasn't created in a, in a time where women were respected as much as they are now, you know? And, and unfortunately she was relegated to the things that women, you know, were back then were, were supposed to be inspired to be, which is be an actress or a model, uh, you know, or a party girl, you know, and, or whatever. And that's kind of what she was. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love Mary Jane. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be those things. No, no, no. And, but, but, but she has had a lot of different jobs over the course. Of yeah. And, and then they made her like, like she was like an assistant to Tony Stark recently. And then she was like CEO of Tony Stark. It's just like, wow, what is going on here? And then yeah. she owned her own club at some point. And I think that's what she's, what she did now. And, so right now it, it's kind of, it's yeah, I, I totally get what they're trying to do. They're trying to give Mary Jean some like something to do. That's not just very like, I'm your girlfriend. Cause that's basically what that, you know, with having what she is in the 616 universe is that she's basically just the professional girlfriend of Spider-Man. And yeah. so, and again, nothing wrong if, if you just want to be a girlfriend or a, or a wife and that's all you want to be. And that's all you aspire to be. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, there's some people out there. That's, that's all they want to do. That, that's fine. But I, I, in, the, in this day and age, I'd say majority of women don't want to just be the girlfriend or the wife or whatever they want to be. They want to be their own person and do their own thing and have a career. And which makes sense. <laughs> you know, those, those are- I'm also just kind of honestly surprised that this isn't something that they've run with in the comics because and, and I, I said yeah. in the review, this makes sense. Like if she has spent, because Peter has been Spider-Man for eight years by the time this game starts. If she spent so much time with him, some part of him, like in terms of the desire to help people, should probably rub off on her in some way. And that's I thought, a good point. Yeah. The idea of making her into a reporter, an investigative reporter, where she's actually trying to make a positive difference made sense within the bounds of her character, but still kind of in the vein of someone who has spent so much time with Spider-Man. You bring up a great point because I think Mary Jane is a character that right now Marvel's trying to figure out how they can rework her. And right now Nick Spencer is, is bringing back the actress aspect into uh into her uh, life. And, and now that Peter and her are back together in the comic, they the Spencer is trying to incorporate, I think, a little more of the continuity in, into her character. Now, I think the problem is you're I think you're right to an extent, Chris, that there's Spider-Man would inspire her to be something different at this point. And and being a reporter and, and an investigative reporter makes a lot of sense. And but I necessarily don't know if that would work in the continuity of the uh 616 universe but i like where your head's at and i like where you potentially could go something like that where you can have her 
because that's what Bendis tried to do, and it didn't really hit. Like a personal secretary, you know, or or assistant, or then see, it didn't really make sense for her to be a CEO of. I mean, that was I don't even know if she was CEO of a corporation. She was, she was up there. She was definitely up there. It was weird. I was like, okay, that doesn't that doesn't really make sense. You can't just you know. Again, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but you need to give them. There needs to be more of a reason, a legitimate reason for that. And that's my problem right now is that without shoehorning into it. And trying to be, let's make her more important and have her have agency because you know whatever. It, it's you need at this point. If she's a newer character, you could probably do that, like within the last couple of years. But she's Mary Jane Watson. She's basically a household name, and there's people like me who grew up with her that as being a model, an actress, and that's just who she is. That's just, and, a, and how, kind of a social light, a little bit, a little bit of a a party girl. That's her personality. So yeah, it would probably be kind of hard to incorporate this version into exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, she's had her resume is longer than pretty much everybody's. Mary Jane was always, again, growing up, Mary Jane was the beautiful bomb, bomb uh, you know, bombshell you hit, you hit the jackpot tiger. Again, Spider Man thing where it's like the, the total regular guy gets the girl because he's a good person and she's a, and she sees through the garbage, like, of like, you know, being vain and, and superficial because even though Mary Jean is, is in that world, she's not superficial. And that's kind of the, I think the, the 616 um, secret sauce of the character is that it's not just a, a disingenuine, like I'm beautiful, but I see the beauty in all things. It's no, because, no, because Mary Jane's had a hard life growing up. She appreciates the normalcy and the, you know, and understands that like, I grew up in a hard home. And I also am in an industry that is very vain and superficial. So she sees, she gravitates towards true love and love and things like that. And that's why Peter and her work, because Peter is 100% a genuine person. Mm -hmm. And that's what she's gravitated towards of, of their personality is that Peter is a very genuine person and she longs to have that. Now I'm getting too deep for, for the game here. The game is different because this, this, Mary Jane, both Mary Janes are confident, but she's confident overall in everything. Like she doesn't need Peter. Whereas I feel that the Mary Jane in the 616 universe needs uh, that love and support that she's missing in life with Peter. This Mary Jane does not need that. So it actually strengthens the idea that Mary Lane, if you will, is that makes sense because she's, this is a much different character. I'm, I'm assuming they probably, if you had to do a backstory of the character, they'd incorporate some of those things from the six, six, the six sixteen universe and whatever. Mm-hmm. But this character just seems like she doesn't need Peter's love because they break up in the middle of the game. And even though they break up in the comics too, as you know, here or there, sure. This is pre one more or one more day, by the way. Um, but pre one more day, they break up or they even they separate at one point. Um, the game, it just, the way she's written, she's way more of a confident character than she is as far as being an individual than Mary Jane was in the comics. And again, nothing, neither one is wrong, but this, it fit this character more than what, the, what they were doing with her. And again, it just would make more sense. Like if, let's be honest, she, she's this beautiful bombshell supermodel looking person wants to be a, a reporter. It's just like. You know, I mean, like, it'd be just be weird, you know, to be honest. I mean, not saying that reporters can't be supermodel attractive, but it's just like, 
usually if you're super, if you're supermodel attractive, you're going to be recruited. You know what I mean? Like people are going to be like, you should be an actress or you should be this, you know, and you're going to kind of gravitate naturally to that. People underestimate her and she, yes. Yeah. No, I, th- I think that that's an understandable point. Well, yeah, no, no, no. And I, I think Mary Jane, but I think long story short, I, I think Mary Jane is both Mary Janes are great um, or, or fine. Or I love Mary Jane from the comics. I do. I, I think she's great. She's a great character. A very, you know, and I think this Mary Jane is very different and I respect the fact that it's different. It's not even close to the Mary Jane I, I love, but I like her. She's fine for this, uh, for again, for this universe. So it's sure. again, I like the white spider, not my favorite interpretation of the character, but it's fine. Well, right before we wind up to uh, to our final thoughts, I wanted to talk briefly about Yuri Lowenthal, who is the voice actor that actually plays Spider-Man in this, uh, because the guy's resume, particularly when it comes to voicing superheroes, is ridiculous. He has voiced Superman, Mr. Miracle, uh, Egghead of all characters, The Flash. Uh, he's also – so that that's just in, in television too – in other animated movies, he's voiced Red Robin, Jor-El, and Jimmy Olsen, and Harvey Dent, uh, in addition to, of course, Spider-Man in this game. But, I mean, the guy's resume is ridiculously long when it comes to playing other characters, and this is actually the first time that he has gotten to play Spider-Man, and is a role that he reprised in Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 on the Nintendo Switch. Um, but what did you make of the voice of Spider-Man in this and in Yuri Lowenthal's ability to sort of embody him? I thought Yuri was great. Um, uh, to be honest, I didn't really, again, just going from my memory of, of the game and everything, uh, I didn't think it was that. It like I think everyone did a really good job, to be honest. I thought there was no one that... Again, it's been a while since I played the game, but there's no one that stuck out to me. And I would have told you, I think, by you, you would have remembered me complaining about a character if I thought it was way out of whack or anything like that. I thought everyone's voice voices were great. I didn't think anyone stuck out to me as as bad or anything or out of you know, out of character. But Yuri specifically, I thought was a great Peter Parker. I thought he had a great voice for Peter and Spider Man because even though they're not they're not much different. Um, Spider-Man's a little, a lot more confident of a, of a character than Peter is. And mm-hmm. when, when Peter puts on the costume, he becomes way more confident. He becomes, he becomes a lot more comfortable with who he is as a person because he, he kind of lets everything kind of loose. Whereas he's a little more uptight as Peter, even though as he gets older, he, that kind of, that's definitely, you know, he gets put on a little bit of a persona because you know, whatever, but for the most part, Peter's Peter, but yeah, when he puts a costume on, it becomes like, you know, his inner self of what he wants to be. I, at least that's what I always interpret it as. And um, I think that comes across in the game. Oh, I know. And that's what I'm saying. They absolutely do a great job. I think Yuri does a great job of really doing that. And, and Peter kind of, and again, the, the, the fact that there's a difference between the two characters and you can admittedly see that very, it's, it's, it's a good, it's a testament to both people. And um, I will say too, that, when you compare it to like, let's say a, a Toby McGuire, 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 um, can't talk. Um, you know, it's, it's it, he did a great job of voicing the two different characters. Cause Toby was just like, you know, yeah, I did, never liked Toby McGuire's voice for either character. Well, then you uh, shouldn't play the Spider-Man movie games because Toby voices him in those. And, uh, he's very monotone. Kind of, kind of it in. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am Spider-Man. There's a couple of instances where he'll he'll be okay, but yeah, I think I think we're in agreement generally that Yuri Lowenthal is a very very good voice for Spider-Man. He, I will say um, he's definitely one of the better I think voice uh, voices I've heard of Spider-Man in a long time. Yeah, and I mean the voice cast in general. Like I know that you really like Captain Yuri Watanabe was in the game too. And yeah, she, that was that was crazy, man. That was you know it's funny. I never thought, but again, I, I love that that character eventually turns into Wraith or whatever. But uh, yeah, the, the fact that they even had like, there was like, I hate to say it, some sexual tension between the, those two characters that was not expected. And I was like, man, there's a little bit of tension there. That's interesting. So at least I picked up on that. I, I know I know another person on Twitter kind of agreed with me. Um, I'll have to but, play. I, I don't know if I picked up on it, but that stuff usually goes over my head anyway. So I'll I mean, it's not like it's a verbatim, like it's one hundred percent obvious. But I kind of, at least for myself, I'm not a shipper or anything, obviously. But you know, yeah. Cool, man. Well, let's let's just kind of go into final thoughts. So, I mean, basically, uh, I thought that this was a really good start to sort of a new reformation for Marvel games, and like I said before, gave it a, a nine out of ten. I mean, um, if, if anything, I really hope that this kind of helps to reform the image of comic book games in general. The Arkham games took that pretty far, but it was kind of isolated in the Arkham games until Spider-Man um, in terms of like a third person action superhero game. So I love this game. Uh, gave it a nine out of 10. I didn't like the DLC as much. Uh, got a little repetitive in places, but um, certainly added cool costumes, and it's good to check in mm. with the characters, see what they're up to, of course. But, uh, but what about you, man? Final thoughts on the game? If you had to score it, what would you score it? Oh, definitely a nine out of ten, like you. I, I again, the not super serious gamer in me really enjoyed um, everything. Um, yeah, I think this game is great. And it's a bummer because I know like there's new systems coming out and you know, I'm an Xbox guy and I want to get an Xbox, but <clears throat> excuse me. This is one thing where I'm like, do I want to get a PS5? This fucking play Spider-Man, the next Spider-Man game. It's hard, yeah, is man. It, is, so is that like a factor that you find yourself weighing in terms of how you're going to decide yeah. to go next? Yeah, to be honest, which obviously I always consult. You're like the, the my main consultant whenever I do anything technology-based. Honest. Besides iPhone, you're you're wrong in that. But um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, I definitely feel that there's – because before I used to play games with um, online games with my friends, like, you know, Kyle and Tim used to play Battlefront all the time, but we don't play Battlefront as much anymore. And, and as we get older and obviously we're having kids now, it's going to be harder for me to jump online and play for a couple hours with my friends, you know, Battlefront 2 or, and obviously I think there's going to be more Battlefront, game, Battlefront games in the future, but now that's probably going to be on the DL a little bit more now. A Spider-Man game, my, I might need to look into that a little bit, which bums me out because I'm, I'm more of an Xbox guy myself. But I, that's something I have to consider is that, you know, because of the Spider-Man license, if it wasn't for the Spider-Man license, I would 100% be on Xbox. But now with the with PS5 coming out and Spider-Man game will 100% be getting a sequel and it's going to be definitely guaranteed with PS5. I got to look into that. So I got, I got, we got some talking to do later on. So, but yeah, I think this game was great. As a Spider-Man fan, you can't ask for a better kind of experience. I mean, the fact that you could go and, and be in any costume you can imagine pretty much, and you don't have to be in the white spider costume. The storyline was great, an unexpected twist. I mean, the death of Aunt May at the end was 
wow. That was I was not expecting that, and that was brutal. Um, and uh, but yeah, I mean, like the fact they used different characters, or again, Mister Negative, and made him made him awesome. And I liked Mister Negative in the comics, but he was great. They did a great job of incorporating the lore of Spider Man and with making it their own, and that's really an impressive thing. So, um, yeah, I I give it nine out of ten. Maybe a few nitpicks here and there. I would have liked it maybe a little bit longer, but that's just me. I don't know if that's a common complaint, but I wish it was a little bit longer. Yeah, no, I I, I can understand that. Um, yeah, and hey, I mean, I'm I kind of in the same boat as you. I mean, I'll probably end up getting multiple consoles at some point, but you know, which one do I do first? If Spider Man comes with the launch of the PS5 later this year, that might clinch it for me. I'm not totally sure yet. Um, because I'll probably get at least one of them when they launch at the end of the year. And uh, it, it always comes down to the games. And if Spider-Man's there on day one, that's going to be more enticing to me than the next Halo game on the Xbox. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. But hey, man, we got the Avengers to look forward to. That's going to be on Xbox and PS4 later this year. Yeah, can't wait. Can't wait for that. that. Mr. Oh, Hockey Pads. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, especially now that we're dads. Uh, single player games that you can actually pause and put down as opposed to just online only games where you're playing with mm-hmm. your friends. Those single player games are a saving grace. If you got to change a diaper. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, man. Well, Paul Herman, thank you for finally coming on to comics on consoles. I really appreciate it, man. And uh, hopefully we'll have occasion to bring you on again soon. I hopefully you will, but it probably won't be for Avengers, but you never know. <laughs> You never know. Never say never. Never say never. All right. Yep. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Comics on Consoles backup feature. Be on the lookout for more of these smaller scale episodes in the future, and stay tuned for more information about Comics on Consoles' next full issue. Find our discussion co-host Paul Herman on Twitter at Herman22, with two N's. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the comic book reading podcast we host together, The Comic Binge, on your favorite podcasting app. Find that show on Twitter at BingeComic. In the meantime, follow this show on Twitter at ComicsConsoles, and do us a favor and recommend the show to your friends, or leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time. Keep saving the world, gamers and comics fans. Mm-hmm.